I'm your host, Mariam Hilly, and joining me is my co-host and sister, Milad Hilly. Hi! So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about stigma in marriage when it comes to our community. I think that's a very big topic. It's definitely a topic that's really close to my heart. And I think it's a topic which not only affects people from our community, and I think we need to just clarify, we are... Half Iraqi, half Iranian, Kurdish. Kurdish. <laughs> so Middle Eastern. Yep. Brought up in the UK. Yep. And I feel like for as far as I can remember... There's always been certain stigmas when it comes to marriage. For example, marrying past a certain age, marrying somebody who's got a health condition. Marrying someone who's been married before, so someone who's been, sorry, divorced. Yeah, marrying someone who's been divorced and has kids. Marrying someone who, say, doesn't have the same amount of money as you in the bank. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely um, a lot of communities that suffer from like the caste system. Absolutely. And also marrying someone who is from abroad. Yeah, that's another one. Marrying someone who's a lot older than you or a lot younger younger than than you. you. Or if you're a female, marrying a male who is younger than you. The list goes on. I think we could sit here and probably have a long list of all the possible stigmas. So let's delve into them. Why is our community so focused on marrying their children to people who tick specific boxes? When we have examples in history, and let's talk about like the Prophet. The Prophet married somebody who was much older than him. Absolutely, and a woman who was of a better living standard or earned more than him. Exactly. So when we've got examples like that, why is it so uncommon in our community when someone marries, when a guy marries a woman who's older than him? Or the flip of that, when a woman marries someone who's younger than her? It's like, have you heard? It, it, it's, it is a huge stigma and people love it. They love talking about it and it just goes on and on. And I do think though our community has begun to change a lot. Regardless. It has in some respects in the sense that when I was kind of a teenager, it was quite common for girls to get married around, you know, 18, 17 and if you 19. probably, yeah, and towards hitting the mid-twenties, you're deemed very old. Yeah, I remember, you know, thinking that anyone who was past the age of, for example, 26 was really old and like, oh my God, like, you know, they're not married and they're 26. But in today's, you know, community, Daily, yeah. yeah, today's community, when you think of a 26-year-old, you're like, oh, she'll have plenty of time, you know. She's still young, let her finish her education. Yeah, it's kind of shifted now towards the, the early mid 30s i'd say actually even the 30s is still deemed to be quite old and i think that initially it was ideally getting girls married off by their early 20s and now it's shifted to mid 20s to late 20s i still think 30 is seen as as an old age to get married i think mid 20s is seen as like okay now i don't even think that's quite late i don't think anyone marries as young as for example i did or some of my friends did. I don't think anyone marries that young anymore. Oh, definitely not. No, I think mid-twenties and on and to, to late-twenties is now deemed the normal. Yeah, and we're talking about the society in London, just to be clear, and not, like, in another place. But actually, this this reminds me of um, an episode that happened when I was actually in Hajj. So when I was in Hajj, at the time, me and a few of the girls that were there, we were in our 20s, and we were in our mid-20s, I'd say, and one of my friends, who was about the same age as me, 
she was not married and had never been married okay. at this point. Yeah. And we were sat down having lunch and a woman asked her like, oh, how old are you? And she said, oh, you know, I'm 26, 27, whatever her age was at the time. And the woman was like, and you're not married. Oh my God. You know, like that train left a long time ago. So in Iraqi, so I'm, I'm translating here from Iraqi to English, but in Iraqi, that saying is kind of like, oh my God, like it's so late for you. And, you know, you kind of passed that age where, it's acceptable basically to stay unmarried and i think a lot of girls relate to that where they've had comments of women saying when are you going to get married and i yeah. had that lot because actually yeah. i got married a bit later on at the age how old of... are you when you got married i can't even remember um let me calculate this for me <laughs> she's calculating this guys <laughs> i am actually am um i have no i, I think you were, you were either 27 or 28 so i was born in 1988 minus 2015 was so at the age of 27 i got engaged but my wedding was at the age of 30 oh okay okay cool but i still say like so when you got engaged at 27 that wasn't deemed that old i think it was well maybe maybe it wasn't as maybe 10 years ago yeah but i think when you i I don't know but i'd I'd say that your age you got married was quite a nice age but i but i remember getting but i do remember having comments of you getting older, you need to get married. Why are you not getting married? Is there a reason? Is there something wrong? <laughs> yeah. I think women are always faced with questions, unfortunately. You know, if they're not married, when are you getting married? If they've not had kids, when are you having kids? If they've already had a kid, when are you having a second kid? The questions don't stop. But I don't think it's just women. I think it's the reverse as well. Yeah. Particularly men who don't have um, a particular degree yeah or don't earn enough like that's a huge topic so if you're you know if someone comes to propose to you and they're not a doctor they're not an engineer they're not a lawyer they don't fit into any of these like you know vocations they don't own their own house yet exactly and you know are parents likely to accept no they're not let's be honest no because they expect a man to be able to provide and and provide a living standard similar to the one in which a girl's currently living. Yeah. Which I think is unrealistic because yeah. if we look at parents, how many years did it take them to get to the living standard they're at at the moment? It took years. And before, when people used to get married, there would not be this expectation. Couples would grow together. They would grow and achieve and earn, eventually buy a house at some point, whether it's in yeah. their late 40s. But now it's not. It's you've got to get married and have everything. Men have to tick yeah. all the boxes, and the girl has to tick all the boxes. And this is expectation, which I think is one of the reasons why a lot of girls and boys are finding it hard to find the right match. And when you have a girl who, for example, is a doctor or a dentist, someone who's achieved, you know, um, a lot for for themselves and like degree wise, worked really hard. The parents expect that you find someone who's on the same level as that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, our daughter's a doctor. She can't simply marry, you know, a guy who has like a, you know, just a business, a standard, a standard job. Yeah. Like it has to be something that's really high ranking in their eyes. But on the reverse side, I can think of numerous people who came and proposed to me when I was single. But they put down the condition that if she agrees to our son, she has to stop working. She can't be a doctor. It's almost like a, a pride thing that the woman can't have a job that's better than the guy. Or her role will be just to sit at home, have children, cook and clean. Yeah. And it's really important that obviously you, when you're looking for a partner, you're looking for someone who 
appreciates and values the achievements you've made in life and supports them and compliments you so obviously if someone's going to come into prose and tell you well you've spent these years studying but we want you to put your degree on the shelf and just sit at home that's not going to work so yeah. i think it's people having realistic expectations of the other half yeah and we've we've kind of spoken about age playing a part yeah. in marriage but what about people who've been divorced okay so I have friends and I know people who have been divorced. Some have had kids, some haven't had kids. And the struggle to get married again, the struggle is real. For women, not for men. That's true. I absolutely think a man who's been divorced does not have that much of a problem. I, I can name, come on, give me a list. I mean, I'm not going to say the names, but men who... <laughs> no, but it's true. No, you're divorced, right, you're yeah. right. And it's almost like, and I hate to say this, but it's almost like, for men, it's excusable. For women, it's, it's not. not. Yeah, exactly. Oh, she's a used product. But for men, it's not. It, it's it's just... Uh, no words. I don't honestly no words for it. But there are girls who have been divorced, who've been married, but I would say they're much far fewer than the ones who have been divorced and they've not been remarried. Yeah, and I think people almost think like, oh, you know, this girl, she's been divorced. I don't want to go there. Like, because she's done something wrong. It must be her. It's always the woman. Yeah. She's always in the wrong. And that's really sad because a lot of the time, sometimes it's just down to compatibility. People are just not compatible. Do they spend the rest of their life being miserable because they weren't compatible in order to please the, the community? Or do they go their separate ways and live their lives and enrich their souls and become better people on their individual paths? Exactly. But then get judged by the community. And it's awful because if I, I want to turn around to, to our community and say, look at yourself, each and every one of you who is in a marriage, which one of you, and hopefully all of you do have perfect marriages, but whether it's telling the young people to look at their parents and how perfect is your parents' relationship, do they 100% complement each other or those around you? Because it is difficult to, to have the perfect or the ideal relationship. And most relationships aren't perfect. And so there will be times when an individual will decide to walk away from a marriage because that's best for not only themselves, but their spouse. Uh, and that doesn't mean that person is wrong. And I wish our community would sit up and recognise that and absolutely appreciate people who have made that difficult choice to walk away from a marriage because I'm sure it's not easy. And when we compare our community to, for example, Western communities, like, yeah. like here in the UK... You, it's more around getting married to somebody who's compatible with you, somebody who you love, somebody who you vibe with. And it's never, she's older than me, she's got kids, she's been divorced. They don't look at things like that. They look at how well they're suited to each other. We don't see that. For us, it's what family are they from? How much money do they have? What job does she do? You know, how pure is she? Yeah. Like, their how? parents, what parent, what are the parents like? You yeah, know? yeah, it, go it goes back down to what family is. I mean, some of these factors are important, don't get me wrong. It's We're not saying, right, you know, it's all or nothing. It, it, it's not, it's never, it's never like that. But we just need to be more open-minded. And I guess one thing that I do want to say is, because I know I was talking about, we're talking about divorced women, so on and so forth. It's important to highlight that. I don't think we're necessarily we're not we're not encouraging divorce here, and we're not um, saying that divorce is wrong or right, because everyone has their own circumstances, and I know divorce has become more prevalent, unfortunately, but it is down to the pressures of society and people not being compatible, and I think 
it's important that before someone runs into a marriage, they have time to get to know each other. Yeah. But we, people need to be given that chance. Yeah. And that's not happening. It isn't happening. It depends on, on obviously, um, the families. Some families are really strict and they don't allow their children to get to know each other. And they're almost two complete strangers. They might have met briefly. They might have had a conversation or two, maybe even exchanged numbers. But then that's it. They're expected to marry a total stranger. And I know, like, for a lot of families, it's really, we say the word ayeb. It means, like, I don't even know rude. how to translate that. It's not rude. It's um, more like... Look down upon or... or... In, in improper, I would say. It's yeah. improper for two individuals to get to know each other over a long period of time without them being officially together. And when we say officially, we actually mean marriage. Not the party, but marriage Islamically, which means, you know, the, the Sayyid or the Sheikh comes and recites the Islamic marriage and then they are husband and wife under the, the name of Allah, under the name of God. Yeah, like an oath that they basically take. Um, but what is refreshing is we're seeing more people getting married to individuals from different communities or backgrounds or ethnicities. So we're seeing more of that, which I think is quite refreshing. Yeah. I can't imagine 10 years ago pairing with someone marrying. Yeah, but even till, till now, it's not... It's not that common. It's not that common, no. But it's happening. It's it's more acceptable, and it is happening, like you said. But still, for a lot of people, especially if it's they're... It's still an, talked about, by the way. Yeah, but especially if you're an Arab, it's like, an Arab not marrying an Arab? There's this arrogance and pride. Arrogance. Exactly. There is this level of arrogance. It is happening, maybe not as much as we want it to be. And even when it is happening, I am sure behind closed doors, people are turning around and saying, oh my god yeah and that's a shame yeah and if it's a girl for example who's a sayyid how can she marry someone who's not a sayyid who's not on a level as her and when we say sayyid it means coming from the lineage of the prophet exactly descendants of the prophet it and baffles me all of these things that we're putting into the equation is just only making it harder for people to get married because expectation is so high they have to be from a certain family from a certain background from a certain financial you know of, of a financial stability somebody who you know has never been married before has never had any partners never had any experience like so much is expected and eventually that will impact marriages because when you try to squeeze someone into certain categories rather than base it on them complementing each other what you end up with is with two people who on paper might tick certain boxes to please the community but in reality they're not compatible and that marriage ends up breaking down and then we end up with um, a divorced woman and a divorced man who then have their own struggles to get remarried the woman more than the man it's this vicious cycle and until our community steps back and realizes that their way of doing things is just completely not, not completely wrong but is wrong on many levels things will not change sometimes we look at other people and we're like oh that's really good she got married to someone from a different background oh that's really good he married someone who's divorced but then when it comes to us and to our close families it's almost like it's not okay it's okay for you know so and so to get married to somebody who's divorced but i won't allow it yeah Yeah. like my brother my brother married yeah so that's the thing and it was so when we become open-minded we need to be open-minded to you know in every level and it begins with us. If we don't change that perception in our own homes and think exactly. that, okay, if this is if this should be deemed acceptable, it should be acceptable for me and my family, not just only for other people. And I want to ask our listeners 
So as you're listening to us talking, I want you to be honest with yourself and say, well, actually, if my sibling or my child um, decided to marry someone who does not fit the ideal community boxes or is from a different ethnicity and background, how will I feel about that? Until we start asking ourselves as individuals and how we will feel about it, it's going to be very difficult to then influence others and to make change because it begins with us. It begins with our own perceptions because remember, we influence those around us. And if I, as a person, I'm okay with that, I can influence my parents, I can influence my children, my spouse, and that's how change happens. So we spoke about people who may or may not have been divorced and we spoke about you know different age groups when it comes to marriage. What about people who have kids? Because that's a major thing. It is, because I guess people think, well, if someone's got a child, then I'm not only marrying them, but the burden that comes with them. Yeah, and it, it could be either for a man or a woman. So if it's a man, for example, his children might not be with him full time. They might be with him only occasionally on the weekend. And for a woman, it might be majority of the week that the children are with her. How does that affect the marriage? I find this topic difficult um, to comment too much about, because... It's so different depending on the couple we're talking about and the number of children, the age of the children and also what happened to cause the breakdown in marriage and, and what the relationship is with the children. It, it, it's quite complex. It's multiple dynamics because if you want to enter a marriage with someone who's got a child, it's important that that child will accept you. Maybe not initially, but eventually. But it's also important to know their relationship with their other parents. Um, it's also important to know uh, um, the circumstances that led, that led up to it. Because if, if it was me and I was getting married to a man, for example, who has children, I don't want to enter that marriage. I'd be cautious entering that marriage, not because he has children, not because he's divorced, but because of how I might impact those children and how that dynamic will work. So I think it is a bit more challenging, but it's not impossible. And it's all down to communication and being up um, and, it, and being and being honest from the start and saying, this is my story, this is what happened, this is the situation with my children, and these are the steps that we need to take. But it's important that we don't exclude someone just because they've got kids. And that's the thing, so when we're talking about how our community is different to the Western community, the Western community, they're very open to marriages where children are involved on either side. They don't bat an eyelid. I think this is definitely a personal and individual choice because if you are the person who's entering a marriage where children are involved and there isn't any children involved on your side, it's definitely something that you should do with caution. It's something that you need to really think about. But I feel that it's also really important to stress that, like you said, we should be open-minded to it and we shouldn't exclude people or isolate them because they have children. We need to look at the, the individual situation and judge it based on that. Exactly. And I think we, we discussed important areas topics but there's one that I want to discuss about marriage and that's marrying someone who's got a health condition yeah particularly people who have chronic health conditions and by chronic health conditions we mean conditions like for example diabetes and lifelong conditions yeah um, and how that is really looked down upon in our community and I know two girls who were diabetic and it was always an issue whenever you know somebody would propose to them and have to disclose the fact that they are diabetic and automatically the family would then withdraw the proposal. And I find that really, really sad. It's it, sad is, I think, even too little of a word to describe it. 
I think it's disgraceful. Yeah. Honestly, it is because how I feel about this, and I feel you know, for me, it comes touches. It hits a nerve. It, it does, and I think what I want to say is is that today you are well, and your son or daughter is well, but you don't know what's going to happen to your son and your daughter tomorrow, and you don't know whether they will become more ill or develop a condition that's more serious than a chronic condition which you are shying away from. And if you're going in to a proposal or you're not even proposing to someone based on their health, what does that say about you as a human being? I mean, honestly. The thing is, we're only ever focused on the perfect aspects of Perfection. life now. Yeah. You know, being at a, you know being young and healthy and fit, we never think ahead. Exactly. You don't know whether... God forbid, but your son or daughter or sibling or whoever it is is getting married. The next day, God forbid, they get hit by a truck. They become, they become paralyzed, and they've entered a marriage with someone who, for example, is diabetic. I mean, then what's the worst situation? I'm not putting light on any mental health condition, and I'm not wishing bad upon anyone. But all I'm saying is, is that we don't know what tomorrow holds. But if we go in with a pure heart and intention, and we don't judge someone based on their health condition, which listen, they didn't choose. Having diabetes, for example, is not a condition someone goes in choosing. And God sees, I, I'd say. And I, I think, you know, it, it, if you don't bat an eyelid, and I think it'll come to a point in time when you may be in that reverse situation, and if you entered a marriage without judging someone, then it will, that person you married, okay, and it may come to a time and point in life where you end up developing an illness and that person that you decided to marry regardless of their health problem will then stand by you and not bat an eyelid hopefully about your own health concerns we will get old none of us will get younger we'll only get older we will develop conditions it's going to happen and i think with diabetes is that there's concern that if you're diabetic then you're going to have a problem um, conceiving or having children or you're going to pass it on and there's so much lack of awareness and understanding and I think that drives it a lot, and we we need to raise more awareness on that. Maybe another topic, another day. Yeah, I definitely would like to actually discuss that in detail in the future. So we've covered quite a few stigmas in marriage in this episode, and there are by far a lot more than this. Absolutely, we probably just scraped the surface. Exactly, but I think this topic is really important to both of us, very close to our heart, and it's almost a reminder just to always be conscious of. Of situations in life that people may find themselves in whether it's a health condition or whether it's a, a marriage breakdown but it's really important to assess each and every situation differently not to isolate people not to discriminate against them and to make decisions that are not discriminatory exactly and change begins with us and i think it's time to wrap this episode up because it's been quite heavy I just wish everyone out there um, happy marriages and happy decisions in life, whether you choose to be married or not. And um, just for everyone to be loving, caring, understanding. Yeah, compassion definitely goes a long way. Yep. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us if you haven't done so already. And we'll see you again soon. Till next time, lots of love. Bye. Bye.